Welcome to Menominee Alliance Church with Podcasts with the Pastors. I'm Kyle. I'm James. And I'm Wes. <laughs> We're starting off with a bang here. It's great. <laughs> oh, 10th episode. 10th. Number 10. 10. Number 10. Ooh. We are... We're in the midst of, uh, I don't know what we're in the midst of, but uh, we're continuing the podcast, which is a lot of fun. I've enjoyed podcasting with you guys, getting to know some stories, uh, and also just uh, getting to know more about our church, interviewing some folks. So it's been fun over the past 10 weeks to dig in a little bit more with some folks. Absolutely. It's, I've enjoyed this ride. It's yeah. been fun. Yeah. And uh, we've got some good guests coming up in a couple of weeks, hopefully. And mm-hmm. but today you're you're stuck with the three pastors. So yep. it's us, but we it's got us. some cool stuff we're going to share. Yeah, I we think got we some do. good things for you. So keep listening. Uh, but it was Memorial Day weekend this mm-hmm. last weekend, and we uh, we had Monday. It was kind of a humid, rainy weekend, right? Yes. Um, but it was still sunny. I think it was a good weekend overall. What is some updates from? your perspectives nearing house and nearing any? house we we canoed across the lake which was awesome wow we had the, we had the canoe out a couple times this week so give us a yeah. visual like is that everybody in one canoe like no i should you, or? no i should preface it with um so kate dropped me and will off okay down at point comfort park okay and we canoed across to wakanda beach and met them over there oh fun and then you know they got to go out in the canoe also. That's the ladies, cool. the girls. So. Yeah. Any wind? How was it canoeing across? Was it? It was it's awesome. A, it's a good workout. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. No, no white caps or anything. Good. You know, so. Good. We were good. No storms awesome. that came up like in Jesus' time. Nope. When you were in the lake. No. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys had a huge weekend at the Cameron house. We did. We moved into the house so Congrats. that was good thanks to uh, all the people from the church that helped us in that transition really appreciate all the help so we moved in friday friday night was our first night in and uh still unpacking but things are going well good so yeah you went from like a nine by six cell to like now <laughs> yeah it's it's it's, Sorry. it's a lot bigger <laughs> um so yeah it's it's a huge blessing and uh, just very thankful That's for cool. what god's done and now we're feeling a lot more settled than we were. So that's cool. good. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun when you can get into that spot where you're feeling settled. And every everyone has their own bedroom, right? That's what I heard. Everyone does. Well, that's Megan good. and I share one, but all the kids have their own. So it's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. There is an there is a guest bedroom for if I ever get in trouble, you know. You can need yeah. Okay. No, that's for that's for family. That's fun. That's great though. They can come and mm-hmm. you can give them their own room to to settle into. Yes. That's great. Well, at the Wayne's house, we had to change things up. We, my wife wanted to paint. Ooh, nice. So she painted the kitchen and I supervised, meaning I helped a little bit. But, uh, she, you know, I don't know. Um, she just wanted to change things up a little bit. She won't let you paint? She will. Um, but, you know, it's, I, Dude, I, don't, I don't know if I do a good job. So she had your cousin come. Help out. Cousin Kiki? Yeah. Oh, he would have done an amazing job. I saw his painting. Oh, he would have done an amazing job. Yeah. Yeah. He was out of town. He's over doing a tour or something. So cool. (laughs) No, it's So Stacy painted the kitchen. It's great. Yeah. It's fun to put new paint up. Like we've lived in the house for what, eight eight years or so. Um, And we painted that from the get-go. We put new paint up on the walls. And so um, she just wanted to change and she 
at first we we painted it one color, kind of unified. Not a good thing. Nope. Didn't like it at all. So then she ran to Fleet Farm at like 5.45 when it closed at 6, you know, and, and got this other kind of paint and boom, it worked well. So we're all happy with it and it looks good. So at we, least it's just one room, right? Yeah. 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 Megan's painted five rooms wow. and she's doing another one today. Wow. Wow. So yeah, it's a lot of work. It I is mean, a lot of work. You have to tape and, and oh, trim, yeah. and, and that takes the majority amount of yeah. work. And then I volunteer to just roll because that's easy okay. to do. And No, so. I can't even roll. Yeah. No. I have to do the prep work, like the spackle. Oh, fill yeah. The, fill, fill the, the holes, holes and patch yeah. it up. Yeah. But that's it. Somebody's yeah. got to do it. Paint makes a lot of difference, it though. Does. I think it's fun to kind of change things up. So we did that this week. And it was kind of a weekend for it because it, it was kind of rainy off and mm-hmm. on. And so... That's good. Well, we um, oftentimes when we have the three of us just for the podcast, we we like to let the listeners know a little bit more about us, right? And so I'm proposing this question uh, to Wes and James and myself that if we were to write a book, what would you write about and what would the title be? Uh, what would some of the chapters be about? So maybe a little bit of description and I gave this question to to them probably one minute before we started the podcast. So I've had a little bit of time to think about it, but I don't know if you guys have. No, not at so, all. No. <laughs> this is kind of shooting from the hip here for our, for these two. Do you have any thoughts as we or should we should we throw it to the listeners to see mm. what kind of book titles they would give us? That'd be interesting. That might I think, be an interesting one. This sounds like a premeditated question, Kyle. So I, I think you should answer. I think you have a really good answer to this question. Well, I do. I, I thought about share. it. I you thought about share. it. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously I've done youth ministry for all of my career. And I started, and I've been doing this, I think about 20 years I've been doing youth ministry. So I have a lot of material with youth ministry. And it'd be about youth ministry. The book be about youth ministry. But not necessarily the how-to's. I think it'd be fun to write about the the stories that you just can't make up. Like this actually happened. And so one of the stories is uh, I love the student to death, but I was teaching one time and we're in the youth room here and the student gets up right in front of me and walks across in the middle of everybody, goes over to the stage and I don't know why, but there was a plunger, a toilet, toilet plunger on the stage don't know why it was there. This is a youth ministry. And he goes Probably over some and, silly game. and he starts wow. plunging the stage. This is right during my talk. You know, I'm in the middle of teaching. God is, you know, working, hopefully, you know, in the hearts and, and lives of the students. And I go, what are you doing? He's like, I just saw the plunger and wanted to see if it worked. And so that's the sort of things I'd put in the book. Like, you just can't make that up. And I love the student to death and a great person, but, you know. Some of those odd stories of youth ministry would be what what my book would be about. So I don't know who would read it. Probably my mom, and uh, I don't know who else. But yeah. <laughs> what about that you guys? Really that, that's me. That's Which me. One copy. So so mine would be a silly, like kind of funny book. Um, you know, youth ministry. Yeah. One on one. See, I'm I'm at a loss right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I would want to share my heart about ministry and what God's called me to, but um, also kind of just encourage the church. And so maybe it would be something along the lines of everything your pastor wants you to know or everything your pastor wants to tell you, but 
hasn't had the opportunity to do so. I don't know. There'd be some good dad jokes in it, though. That's awesome. Yeah. But just sharing, sharing a pastor's heart, everything he'd want his congregation to know. Yeah. Wes, you have to, I mean, there's got to be some good nuggets of information nougats. over there. Some nuggets. Man, that makes me hungry for a Milky Way. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it more. I, um, I, can't, I can't come up with stuff that fast. Well, I like the band titles that we had a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. If you listen back, I mean, Wes and the Worshipettes, there's got to be a book title there. Maybe. Yeah. Some of those titles were good. The top it's, 10 songs I'll never lead the church in. <laughs> there you go. That'd be, <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Pastor Wes's definitive guide on unacceptable worship songs. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Would you do something about worship or would you? I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. do something else. Do something else. Like about fly fishing or fishing, canoeing. Yeah. Canoeing. Fishing Family adventures. Jesus. You could do a book on family You adventures. could do a family devotional on fishing cool. with Jesus. Yeah. There you go. Be good. Well, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a chance and you're listening to this, which... If I hope you're listening. <laughs> right now, if they're hearing this, they're listening to this. Yes. Uh, Give us, give us your opinions. Give us your thoughts on what, uh, what do you think our book titles should be? That'd be fun. So maybe we'll get a few on, a few of them and we'll share them in the next podcast. Well, this morning I, I thought about as we um, kind of have this open time, uh, we're going to have a few guests in the, in the next couple of weeks that are, we, uh, we're excited to share with you. But we have an open time where we want to discuss as pastors. We want to think about legacy and kind of the heritage that we have come from. And also kind of what we're leaving behind. So what's gone before us and what's gone, what we're going to leave behind. So I don't know if you guys want to share any of your background and your heritage piece, um, kind of what you have been brought up in. I think that's kind of fun to share. Uh, so we're going to start with that. Uh, and then we have a few other pieces to share. Okay. So I, my last name is Cameron, and uh, if you look at the origins of that name, it, it's, it's Scottish and uh, has some, has some uh, nobleness to it. I mean, it's a, it's a very well-established Cameron name. I mean, a very powerful clan, had a lot of power, and um, it means crooked nose. Really? So oh. that's that's the name. So that's what it means. Cameron but is Cameron, crooked. crooked nose. Um, so, but huh. but it's it's a very strong Scottish name. A lot of history. We have our own kilt. I mean, we have our own tartan plaid and castle and all this stuff. And so, I remember growing up and visiting my great grandma. She lived in Texas at the time, but she she lived in Dubois, Pennsylvania, which my dad was from, and actually that's where Megan grew up. Her dad was the pastor at the Alliance Church there. But my grandparents, my great-grandparents are buried in Pennsylvania. But she lived in Texas with my grandparents for a while when she, she was in a nursing home and assisted living. I remember going to visit her when we'd go down to visit on vacation. And um, she had in her little apartment, she had the coat of arms with the family name, the family crest. It had the colors and everything. And I just remember looking at it and like, wow, that's 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 my name. That's my last name. And it, it pointed to our history and family background. Well, probably about seven, eight years ago, I had a free trial to one of the most popular ancestry sites. And so I signed up for a two week trial and did as much research as I could while it was free. Cause 
Scottish people, you know, there's also that Scottish people are a little cheap and, and I definitely am cheap. I'm not going to pay for something if I can get it really cheap. Not going to pay full price anyway. Um, so we did research on the family name and it was really encouraging. I filled in what I knew and we started researching things and started tracing the family line back and we got back to um, the late 1700s with the family name and then just kind of hit a dead end. Like I, I knew that my great grandma, her family had come from Scotland over to Canada and then down in through Vermont, New Hampshire. So kind of Nova Scotia, New Scotland. So I'm like, that's the family line. So got to about the late 1700s and uh, the family line just kind of got a little blurry, kind of disappeared and like couldn't find it. And uh, you guys, history buffs know what happened late 1700s. Wes? Oh man, you guys don't? Like 1776? Oh yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah what? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Start of our country. All right, so Revolutionary War, right? Yeah. Okay. And found out that the Cameron name was actually not Scottish. It was actually changed from a German name. Oh. Camerer and... Somewhere along, and, and I could be totally wrong, but I was just remember researching. It was like totally huh. deflated because if I look back and I'm correct in it, my family were actually German soldiers, German mercenaries hired by the British wow. to fight the wow. colonists in the Revolutionary War. And after the war, after they lost, they changed their names. Interesting. Wow. To kind of reflect the uh, population in that area. So they went from a German name to a Scottish name. So kind of disappointed. Kind of found out the same kind of thing on my mom's side of the family, Wagner, which was a German name. Kind of traced it back and found out Wagner. they were probably, probably slaveholders in the South in the Civil War. So oh. man, on the wrong side of history both times. <laughs> wow. Interesting. But, wow. Yeah, it's interesting to look back and see mm -hmm. kind of what, uh, where you came from, what it was like, some of that history, good and bad. Wes, do you do you have any? You know, I don't. I always thought about, you know, checking out one of those ancestry websites and searching out the the nearing ancestry. But I don't know much. All I know is I've got a little little German blood. The name Nearing is German, and it, I don't know the full, you know, correct meaning of it. But it has something to do with feeding people, which is interesting. Um, had a great great grandfather on my mom's side who was the choir director at his church my grandpa told me he could remember cool. him his name was William which was interesting because we have a boy named William and then a great grandfather on Kate's side who was a Baptist pastor so mm -hmm. just kind of interesting that but multiple cool. generations within the nearings that were farmers and my parents are still on the family farm so yeah but beyond that I don't really know much but there is a so, good legacy of of Preachers, uh, people in ministry, yeah. kind of farming. It fits yep. in with the name. Yeah. yeah. To feed. To feed, to feed so yeah. That's right. right. Farmers feeding the stomach. Okay. Feeding there you people, go. And then pastors, go. worship yeah. leaders feeding the soul. Yeah. Well, if I understand correctly, though, James, you, you have a, a rich history of, of pastors in your uh, lineage, yeah. right? My, my dad is a pastor and my mom's dad is a pastor or was a pastor. He's retired, but yeah, so 
kind of so it's kind of cool on. to mm-hmm. to have that history of um, obviously being raised in a godly home. I think that's that's really neat that you can look back and have that as a memory, and your parents have that. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, you know, I've often said I, I've been blessed to be in the family that I was placed in by God. Uh, so I, I grew up Mennonite. Um, my parents are both of Mennonite background. And I stumbled upon, actually I hadn't stumbled upon it. My uncle gave my wife this uh, piece of paper, um, a couple pages worth, that documented my ancestry, kind of told all about our background, which I thought was really interesting. So this is a couple years ago. And um, it dates back to 1820. So uh, we came over from uh, Prussia, actually. So Germany, Prussia. Um, but uh, the cool part about looking back on the Wiens side of it, uh, my dad's side, is uh, they, they came over, I think, in 1880, 1886. They came over um, to America. And the uh, farm that they established was in our family. My uncle just uh, sold some of the land. Um, So we have had it in our family uh, for years and years and years, which was kind of neat to think upon that. Um, But this document for me was cool to think about all of the the pastors, missionaries in this family heritage of the Weens family, Uh, starting off with Jacob Weens, going to Heinrich, which was my great-grandfather, to Klaus, my grandfather, and then my dad, Ray. Interesting fact was uh, all of these guys were, other than Jacob, but Heinrich, Klaus, and my dad were all the youngest in their family, and I'm the youngest. So I thought that was kind of cool as I was thinking back, like the heritage piece. And then I read the last part, which I think you guys talked about, like the rich heritage of pastors and ministers. Um talking about out of the family. Now, this is written in 1966, so this is quite a while ago. But out of the Weens family, there have been 10 ministers, 10 school teachers, 7 missionaries, a doctor, seven, several trade specialists, um, a bunch of farmers and businessmen. And then it says, God, God's word to Abraham, I will bless thee and thou shalt be a blessing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, when I read this for the first time, I was blown away and it kind of got this idea and picture that it's bigger than me. Like, you know, in your lives, like God has set the stage mm-hmm. and it is bigger than us. Um, and I am blessed to be in this family. I know some people out there, you know, don't know their family heritage or, or lineage, but that doesn't mean that God hasn't set the stage. And I just think it's really cool to think about what God has placed us in and what we're doing with it. And so what is that legacy that we're now leaving behind? And I know we shared some of our stories about our call into ministry. And I just, I just think it's um, neat to see and look back and even to trace back some of those pieces of family heritage. And um, for me personally, I just thank the Lord how blessed I've been that I can track it and know like there has been a strong heritage of of men and women that have wanted to follow the Lord and raise their families that way. And, and I'm trying to do the same with my family and mm-hmm. lead, lead by, by example that way. Amen. So, yeah. And I want to transition too into, um, 
kind of our church. So if we think about that, like the history of our church and where God has led us from and, and to, we have, we have a rich heritage in our church and our denomination mm-hmm. that we can trace it back. Um, and I want to start out with the heritage of our denomination. Uh, Wes, you have some information about kind of where we started, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the founder of the what is now the Christian Missionary Alliance was a guy named A.B. Simpson. He was born in 1843 in Bayview, Prince Edward Island, Canada. Came to know Christ at a young age and felt the call into ministry. So at age age 30, he was pastoring a church in New York City. And I'm just going to read a little section of, of his biography here of when he was in New York. It says that his desire to minister to the flood of immigrants pouring into New York City that was met with great opposition from the leadership of his church at the time. Mm-hmm. So he had a you know prestigious pastor position in this Presbyterian church. He felt called to reach out to these poor immigrants, was mm-hmm. bringing them in, and the rich people within his church didn't want him to do that. Mm-hmm. So eventually, because of that, he resigned from his prestigious pastorate and set out and established the Gospel Tabernacle, which was a church in the heart of New York City where all the poor, the homeless, the sick, and displaced but would be welcomed. So Simpson went from there, and uh, this outreach to immigrants within New York City caused him to wonder about the unreached masses throughout the world. And it was then that he developed an insatiable burden for the worldwide evangelization of Mm -hmm. lost souls. Single-mindedly focused on this burden, Simpson began assembling like-minded people with a passion for taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. He proceeded to hold evangelistic meetings on Sunday afternoons, these gatherings, which then grew to camp meetings and revivals in other locations along the East Coast, were essentially the beginnings of what now we have, the Christian and Missionary Alliance, which was a society fully devoted to experiencing the deeper life in Christ and completing the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Mm-hmm. Having also personally experienced miraculous physical healing, Simpson would go on to coin the foundation of the Alliance's doctrine the fourfold gospel of Christ, our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King, which is the Alliance logo, which you see on our sign, mm-hmm. is that fourfold gospel. So that first church, the Gospel Tabernacle in New York City, was in a prime location. And there's some great videos on the Alliance website. You can go and kind of learn a little bit more about uh, Simpson and his heart for missions. Um, he would go down to the docks and he would engage the the Italian immigrants, the other immigrants that were coming into New York City because that was the central hub mm-hmm. where people would come from Europe, come into the U.S. And these people would be coming off the boats and they wouldn't be speaking English or very poor English. And he would, he would preach on the docks mm. and invite them to the church. Wow. And so his heart for missions uh, was just incredible. Um, but that, that church is still open. You can still go mm-hmm. visit, but it's not a church anymore. It's it's a pizzeria. Really? And, um, wow. It's called John's Pizzeria, but uh, they converted into a pizza restaurant years ago. And uh, you can still, in in the ceiling of this building, are some of the original stained glass windows from when it was the church. Mm-hmm. And it has the four elements of the fourfold gospel, which make up our logo, mm-hmm. uh, still in the ceiling. Wow. And so, you know, you can go eat pizza in the sanctuary of what used to be the church. Wow. So. But uh, interesting. I've never been there. I've seen pictures. I'd love yeah. to go there someday. But um, how cool is that though that we have this heritage? Oh, absolutely. Of this one man, uh, obviously led by God, to reach out 
And obviously that's a core of who we are is, is spreading the gospel to all people, you know, and all nations, but he, he wanted to, to live it out. And so I think he had, you said he had tent revivals, Wes, mm -hmm. just preaching on Sundays and uh, he wanted people to hear the gospel. And that's kind of how out of that our, our denomination grew. And then he, he coined the four, fourfold gospel. Uh, which Wes, you're kind of familiar with that, going through that now with ordination, because yeah. yep. we have to understand that uh, well, going through ordination. Um, and what what are the four again? Christ our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. Yeah, yeah, and they even say, you know, some of the things that I've read, they're like, this isn't like the entire gospel. You know, this is four aspects of who Christ is, but he's yeah. just trying to communicate Jesus is more than just mm -hmm. our Savior. You know. And I appreciate that about A.B. Simpson too. Like mentioned in this biography, they talked a lot about experiencing the deeper life in Christ. Mm -hmm. So they talked about, you know, it's not just about receiving Jesus as your Savior. It's about living for him in every aspect mm -hmm. of your life, um, which is good. It's good yeah, stuff. Absolutely. I think as we look at um, A.B. Simpson, 1800s, you know, uh, late 80s, what, when did he... What was the date again? Yeah, uh, born in 1843, died in 1919. So late 1800s, early 1900s, he started this movement. And here we are, 2020, and our church is 50 years old. Mm -hmm. So looking at our own heritage, as we have been blessed, I think, by God to have our own founder and uh, our heritage. And I don't know if you know it, um, but Dr. Roger Natwick and Joanne... Uh, godly people. Uh, Roger left us and he's with the Lord now. But um, years ago, somebody uh, did a, a college project on our church and did a great video and it's on our church website. But I want to just play the first couple minutes for the listeners just to refresh us and hear from Dr. Roger Natwick. I'd been going to these Bible studies and I saw an ordinary layman insurance salesman leading these Bible studies and seeing MDs, PhDs, engineers, dentists come to Christ with just the Word of God. And uh, I didn't have a lot of money, $150 a month was my salary, $125 was rent. So Joanne and I didn't have a lot of social life, but my spiritual father would bring a babysitter over every week take us to an evangelistic Bible study, take us home, pay the babysitter, and take her home. That was our night out each week. And so I saw all these people come to Christ through evangelistic home Bible studies. So I had good training. So when we came to Menominee, we started having Bible studies in our home immediately in 1964. I'd write out questions, who, what, where, when, why, and how. You know, take a topic like peace. How do we know we can have peace? What hinders us from having peace? Where does peace come from, you know? And then write verses underneath that. Go around and ask each one to read verses. What does that say to you? It's amazing how the Word of God just convicted them. It wasn't me. And by 1967, we had too big a group to fit in our home. So we rented the old Baptist church on South Broadway, called a pastor. And 
that's when the Alliance Church started, September 17, 1967. I just think it's so great that uh, we have a good legacy and foundation here in our church. You could hear Dr. Roger just share um, his heart there, how God kind of formulated in his own life and heart uh, the foundation of discipleship. Um, somebody pouring into him and then he, him pouring into countless others. Um, the, you know, and it started in his home, 1964. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and now we are, you know, 53 years later because the official church started in 1967. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but the legacy that our church has had, you know, um, I'm privileged to be a part of it. All the, the pastors and men and women that have gone before, um, I think it's just rich and deep, and I'm, I'm grateful yeah. to be a part of that. Um, and I'm excited for where we're going, too. It's not just mm -hmm. the past, but where God has us um, going. I'm, I'm grateful that he let us, uh, led Pastor James and, and Megan and his family here. And, yeah. and so um, I just, I, for me personally, looking back at where our church has come from and where we're going, I think we see a great deep legacy of roots and foundation, and we can build upon that for the future. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'm, you know, so many times we get focused on the past, and I think there's there's good things to look at and to see how God worked and uh, lessons that we can learn and principles that we can apply. But God is doing a new thing; He's always moving mm -hmm. forward, and He's calling us as His body, as His church, as His bride to move forward with Him. And so many times we want to kind of get stuck in this season and say, God, we're not ready to move. We want, we like it here. We mm -hmm. like it here. And he's like, Hey, I've got something better for you. I've got, mm -hmm. I've got something for you to do. I'm calling you into a deeper relationship with me. I have, I have a, something for you to accomplish. And so there's this always forward movement of Jesus that he's always calling us deeper and further. Mm -hmm. And, um, we can't just rest on, you know, a 53-some-year legacy of heritage. But what's God have for us for the next 53 years? What yeah. does he have for this generation now and for the generations to come? Mm -hmm. Because if we just sit where we are, it's eventually going to die out. And I don't want it to die out with us. Mm -hmm. I, I want to see his work continue in Menominee. Um, you know, I, I transitioned to... Wisconsin from out east from Pennsylvania one of my first one of the, the first church that I worked in uh, first ministry was the second oldest alliance church in the district and I'm not sure where it stood as far as uh, the alliance in the US but um it was it was founded by a group of people that were doing in-home Bible studies in the 1800s and uh, wow. they, they had come from Pittsburgh an hour and a half east to Altoona to do evangelistic studies, uh, evangelistic services in the city. And then out of that formed home Bible studies and the church was formed. And uh, that church is over 100 plus years old. But it was kind of the same principle, yeah. you know, that the networks had that like, they, let's gather together to worship the Lord, to do studies. And out of those church at home type things, a local church was formed. And you see that all throughout the history of the Alliance. They called them branches. I mean, they weren't churches, they were branches. And it's kind of how things reproduced. Um, 
but it's exciting. What kind of legacy are we leaving? Mm -hmm. Are we leaving the church better for the next generation than we received it ourselves? Mm -hmm. That's a a question. That's that's a weighty question. Mm -hmm. That is really weighty because we received something great. How are we leaving it for the next generation that's going to come up behind us? You know, uh, I'm not going to be the last pastor here. You're not going to be the last pastor here, neither you. The, mm-hmm. the three of us, you know, yeah. there will come a time when we transition from here and we hand off the reins of leadership to a newer generation, a younger generation. And I want us to leave a legacy for those that come behind us, that this church is flourishing. And part of that, we can't be focused on just ourselves. Like, what are we doing to reach our community and the surrounding areas? And mm-hmm. at some point, do we need to replicate Menominee Alliance. Is there is there a is there a spiritual offspring that we're going to leave in another community? Um, what are we going to do? How mm-hmm. are we going to fulfill what God's called us to do? Mm-hmm. So, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it it just goes hand in hand with your sermon series. Love where you live, looking outward, but also um, if you want to touch, I think you shared a little bit last week. Where we're going is looking inward mm-hmm. and and allowing God to to use us fully mm-hmm. with who we are, uh, the DNA of who we are, mm-hmm. and those two combined can produce an amazing result with what God wants. Absolutely, yeah. I've said absolutely so many times today. It's getting a little ridiculous, so but have I. that's yeah. what <laughs> that's what God's God's calling us to to move forward and grow in our relationship with Him. And part of growth, whether it's in nature and family, it's the reproduction, it's the reproducing, it's the multiplication. And if we are so consumed with an inward focus of growing our church, mm. we're, we're just going to get, you know, we, we had a meeting last week with district mm-hmm. leadership. One of the district leaders came in and he said, you know, are you just getting spiritually fat? Are you just sitting there gorging yourself? Mm. Or are you looking kingdom-minded? How can you reproduce? How can you grow? How can you invest in others? How can you spread the gospel? And uh, I think that's the challenge before us. And I think that was the yeah. challenge of the of, of the Netflix and others that formed yeah. Menominee Alliance Church. There, there was not a representation of a... There probably were, but not... They, they wanted a, another representation of a gospel-centered, Jesus-focused church where people could grow and be discipled with the goal of growth mm-hmm. and, and replication. And so that, I think that's where we need to head. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap up this week's podcast. So we, we've given you enough to chew on and think through. Um, unless you guys have more to add or, or say. Um, I think the big thing is to think through like your legacy and the heritage that God has placed in your own life. Uh, maybe it's not um, generations, but there is your own uh, life that he has allowed you to live. And how will you leave that? Obviously, we hope there's plenty of time in the storyline, but there's action that needs to be taken. So mm-hmm. what does that need to look like in your life? And yeah. so I appreciated you guys kind of, thinking through this and, and, and wrestling through what that is and looking back and also forward. So, and I, I think, you know, going back to our own legacy and our own story, I, I look at my family line and the history there and it's not what I thought it was. And so there was that disappointment when I mm. found that out, Yeah. but God redeems, God restores. And, you know, I don't come from a bad line of people. It's just, 
my story wasn't what I thought it was, but God's writing my story. Yes. God's writing my story, and I have an opportunity to leave a legacy, a godly legacy for my own family that, that years down the road as some great, great, great grandchild's looking through the family line, mm-hmm. my great, great grandfather was this, and he believed this, mm-hmm. and he pointed my family to Jesus. Amen. That's the kind of yeah. legacy we're talking about. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys, for participating. Uh, we're excited for the next couple of weeks as we uh, introduce you to a few other people you may not know. But in the meantime, we pray that you have a great week. Take care. God bless. Take care.